Hey guys, welcome back to Agree to Disagree. We're here with another episode. I'm Noah Schwartz alongside Aiden Char, Dean Gudick, and Jack Asella. We've got plenty of sports news to get to today. We're going to start with breaking news from today on the LA Clippers. Then we'll talk more about the Houston Rockets and their decision to let go of general manager Daryl Morey. And then finally, we'll talk about Le'Veon Bell and his release from the Jets. So let's start with some basketball. Dean, you're a Clipper fan. You guys have a new coach. It's Ty Lue. Your thoughts? First of all, um, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this, honestly. When I saw – I mean, I understand why you're a fan of Ty, the Ty Lue hiring. I understand that, you know, he's been with LeBron. I understand he knows how to manage the superstars. But I just think, you know, this is not what this team needs. Ty Lue, Ty Lue first of all, was not the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was LeBron James. And I'm pretty sure you guys know that. Exactly. I just don't think – I just don't know how he's going to fit this team. You know, as a Clipper fan, I actually didn't want him at all. I wanted someone like either Brown or Unseld, um, someone new. But, I mean, listen, I understand a guy is a player's coach. I mean, I like the assistant hiring. I do love the, uh, that he's bringing Chauncey Billups with him. I do agree with that. I just don't know how I feel about the Ty Lue choice. I thought there were just better options out there, I even think. Uh, keeping Doc would have been better, as much as I say on the last episode that uh, it was it was a move that had to happen, but new beginnings for the Clippers. And I don't know how I feel about five years either. I don't know if Ty Lue is going to be committed here for five years. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with you. I mean, first off, like, good for Ty Lue. Um, yeah, uh, congrats to him. But, like, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I really don't think Ty Lue is that great of a coach. I kind of – I've always thought he was just LeBron's puppet. He's coached, he's coached six games without LeBron James. He's had six games as a head coach without LeBron James, and he's 0-6 in those games, and they looked absolutely awful. But, I mean, but he's going to have another shot here. He's got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. He's going to have talent to work with. But in terms, like, like you said, he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't know how to manage superstars, but I just don't think that's enough for this team. I think uh, they, need a, they also need a guy who's like a little bit better with X's and O's. I do like Chauncey Billups, the hiring of him as the assistant. I'm honestly shocked because if you were going to hire Chauncey Billups, I would have honestly, because I know he was trying to become a head coach, I would have maybe considered going for giving Billups a shot. I mean, Steve, like, I think it was more shocking that Steve Nash got a head coach. I would have rather, I would have given a head coaching job to Chauncey Billups before I give one to Steve Nash. And Chauncey Billups, especially, as Noah always says, the Clippers need a, a guy who's going to come in and make sure they give effort. Chauncey Billups come from, comes from a championship team that gave the most effort out of any NBA, champion, cha- any NBA championship team in history. That was the team championship. It was never because of one player. So I think that would have been the best direction to go. But he's going to be the lead assistant, and we'll see how it goes. But I'm not in favor of this hire. You know, it, you, you are right that Lou only has – or Lou is 0-6 without LeBron James in his career. But think of who was on that team. Yeah, I know. That's why I said, like, but like, he didn't have that That's why I said the benefit Smith. of doubt that he was on the Cavs, and that Cavs team without LeBron James was way different compared yeah. no, to No, but the only reason yeah. I still say that is just because, like, they still had Kevin Love, who at that time was still an all-star player. Yeah, he they had Kevin Love. But, you know, especially so in that last year with Cleveland, LeBron carried the Cavs. Um, you know, it was true in all of his years there, but, you know, especially without Kyrie, uh, without Love playing up to his full potential. So I'm not, I wasn't surprised when he left and they immediately started 0-6. So I would give him the benefit of the doubt. We've seen what he can do with a good team. 
Uh, he knows the game of basketball. He's a former player. He, at the very least, can be like that backseat coach like he was in Cleveland. Um, and I think that might benefit the Clippers a lot. Um, we've seen how well LeBron does it. And I think Leonard could probably do it pretty well as well. Um, if, if he wanted to, if he wanted to just sit back or if, yeah, if Lou wanted to just sit back and basically say, Kawhi, you build the team, um, that, you know, it could, it could, it could help them. Um, I don't think it's a bad choice, to be honest. I don't know how many other great choices there were. Um, so overall, I would say it's a, it's a good hire, but you never know until you actually see them playing. So, yeah. All right, my turn. All right. All you. I love this hire. And you guys know I'm a big Ty Lue fan, have been for a long time. I think he's great. I think he's excellent with stars. He will fit here better than pretty much anyone else they could have gotten. But I think more so than just having Ty Lue as your head coach rather than your lead assistant like he was, it's really important for the Clippers to have continuity after they were the laughing stock of the NBA for the last two months. And we know that everybody was giggling and laughing about them flaming out of the second round. It was pretty funny for someone who doesn't really like the Clippers, but I think for really any NBA fan, it, it was kind of hilarious. And now they've got someone who was already bit. with the team, was on the bench, who knows those players, knows those superstars. And it allows them to have continuity going into next season because they still have a very good roster. And, and they're a championship contender going into next year anyway. So this is actually a great spot for them to be in where they have a new, where they have a new coach who's already familiar and there's a few ways, I think, for him to really help them. But at the end of the day, this is a championship contender, and this is the, t the year for them to really go and, and try to win a title because everything is stacked in their favor for them to go win it. Let me just start with this. This is the year where we just had a bubble, short offseason, weird offseason. We don't know when the season's going to start. Lakers were in the bubble for a long time. They've got the advantage. Clippers were out of the bubble quickly. They've got an extra year on Kawhi and Paul George's contracts to win the championship this season. They have the most rich owner. So Steve Ballmer can go out and spend on guys he needs to tinker with the roster. But at the end of the day, they're really just going to spend on the guys that are coming back as free agents, whether it be Marcus Morris, Harrell, somebody like some guys like that. They might need an upgrade here or there, but it's really the same team. And I think that when you have a, a less, sal less than salary cap, like we're going to see this year, it's a year where a lot of these other contenders are going to sit, sit tight and not really do much in free agency where the Clippers can afford to pay the luxury tax. So why can't they win a championship before Golden State gets another star? Denver, Brooklyn, Houston, the Lakers, Miami, all these other teams are going to be active as soon as the salaries go up again. And that'll probably happen within a year or two. For now, the Clippers are the richest team. They have the ability to go out and spend on big money on stars if they want to, or just re-sign the guys they already have. And at the end of the day, it's a bad free agency class. So there's not that many big free names on the free agent market anyway, going from team to team. They can really be aggressive, have continuity with the guys they have, run it back, win the championship this year because other teams are going to be quiet. Giannis hasn't made his decision yet. He won't probably for another year. Other teams won't be active on the free agent market or in the trade market, you would think. And so it's a perfect year for them to go out, be active, be aggressive, get the guys they need to come back, be, you know, be a consistent team that was here last year, can run it back the same way and be, and be a champion. I think that they are the, the championship favorite going into the season. I really yeah, do. Yeah, and I you think... even talk about earlier, of course, you know, they could get somebody else. They could even trade for a piece. We mentioned even they could be going after uh, Drew Holiday and Derrick Rose. There was those rumors, and that could even help them out, have a guard, another piece that could help run the offense. Yeah. And, uh, but again, two players, Steve Ballmer two players... can afford that guy. 
two players that nonetheless won't be able to. They can afford no, but it depends. It's all a matter of the cap because how much luxury tax are you going to be willing to spend? I mean, well, Steve Ballmer's worth seventy billion, so more luxury tax than any other owner. Yeah, obviously. But also, I would even consider like kind of what Paul George said. Like honestly, like you also said, like with continuity. Why not try and bring back Morris, Harrell, and uh, who's their other who's their other free agent? Jackson and Michael Green, I believe too. Oh, and Jermichael Green. I'd bring them all back. Like, and also, like, people say, like, honestly, if Jackson got bigger minutes, I honestly think we've seen him when he was in Detroit and when he was healthy. He's capable of averaging 18 and 7 with starters minutes. That's honestly think, what they need. No, go, I just want to say back to Ty Lu specifically. Noah, you did say something that I think is really important to note about this hiring. Lou does know how to deal with superstars. He knows how to deal with egos. He knows how to deal with locker room conflict between one guy not getting the ball enough and one guy getting the ball too much. You know, he's seen all that before and that could be really big for this team. Um, And then, like you said, I think the West this year or this upcoming season is probably going to cannibalize itself almost. You know, we talked about it last episode. There are so many good teams in the West and especially with the Warriors getting fully healthy and now having the number two pick in the draft. And they're probably you know, going to trade that. There's no telling what, they're, what that pick is going to turn into. It could, it could be a rookie, a great rookie, or it could be a trade for a superstar. And the point is, I think that is going to hurt the Lakers a lot more than the Clippers. Um, I agree with you. So, so we'll see where that all goes. The that, that hurts them. Yeah, definitely. But also, another, another point I want to mention, I think if Tyler is able to pull this off, I think he, he would join a elite company. I think aren't the only two coaches in NBA history to ever win championships with multiple franchises, uh, Pat Riley and Phil Jackson. Yep, I think so. As far as I, as far as I know, yeah, I believe so. Oh, if he could do that, he can enter elite company. So. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to what Aiden said quickly just before we move on to the next topic. What he said about dealing with stars and, and the chemistry side of it, I think that's really important because, remember, this team, self, and they admitted it, that they really didn't have good chemistry last year. They didn't click. A lot of the guys didn't really fit together. They didn't really want to be in the bubble to begin with. And it just never meshed the way that I think Clipper fans thought it was going to. So at least you have a guy in Tyloo who was there last year who saw all that go down from a, from a far away viewpoint because he wasn't the head coach. You know, he was, he was in it, but he really wasn't in it in the way that Doc Rivers was because he was the assistant. I think he'll know how to manage those egos even better than an outside person, considering he sat in and all the meetings and all the little confrontations where guys weren't getting along last year. I think that could be a boost to the Clippers. Yeah, and like I said, push the right Bill- buttons. Chauncey Billups will help with that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Cha- Chauncey Billups has all right, got on to our next topic. Oh, God, I didn't. No, I said I was great. Yeah, no, sure, nonetheless, yes. Chauncey Billups has got great basketball IQs, and he's, he's, he has a championship. This is another guy that knows the X's and O's, so this guy could really yeah. fit in with the LA yeah, He's the X and O guys. Ty Lue is definitely the – ego management and they also did bring in larry drew who's been a head coach in the past also so he'll help with that that's good that's all right so on to our next topic the houston rockets made a big move today speaking of the western conference daryl morey has resigned from his spot as gm of the houston rockets he was there for i believe it was 13 years had a winning record or at least 500 record in all of them and they made the playoffs a ton of times he was one of the more successful executives in the league he's gone now they're also hiring a new coach mike d'antoni's gone Jack, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on on Maury's decision to leave and what this means for the Houston Rockets going forward? Yeah, well, first of all, Daryl Maury um, is one of he he was he the one that traded for James Harden? 
Was he? Yeah, high? he was there. Yep, he was there yeah. for like 13 years, I believe. Okay, yeah. So obviously he did. He's made. He's had plenty of great moves. Like the the biggest being trading for James Harden for virtually nothing, of, uh, Jeremy Lamb and a year of Kevin Martin. So that was probably that was a phenomenal trade. Early on, it was looking like they were going to be good. He they was Harden and Howard, and then they tried. Then they started to go the super analytic route. Um, they brought in Chris Paul and they signed a bunch of shooters. They made it to the conference finals, and many could argue if Chris Paul didn't get hurt in that game seven, they could have. They could be. They could. James Harden could have a NBA Finals MVP on his resume right now. But that didn't happen. And then kind of right after that, that was their high point. And then after that, I felt Maury and D'Antoni. I, I think it was more so Maury, in my opinion. But he just tried to get too cute. He tried to go way too much over the line. Like I, 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 I believe in analytics, but there's also a point you got to realize, like just pure talent and just pure logic, a little bit to me. Like the way they eliminate, they literally shoot no two point shots, like whatsoever, besides dunks. Like I just don't think that works, and especially. What else? And like, especially at the end there, like when trading for Russell Westbrook, I, you guys heard me say this on our last episode. I was never a huge fan of that just because of what they, if they, because of what they were, they, they're a three point shooting team that provides around spacing and Russell Westbrook completely doesn't fit that way completely. And then he, I feel like he knew he made a mistake. So that's why he had to trade Clint Capella and get rid of him. So that way they can somewhat look like, like Russ, you know, you know what I mean? And so that happened. And then they kind of just never were able to put it together. And then after, and also with some of the comments he's made, like uh, going, I'm not going to get into that, but like, you know, the comments he made about China and maybe that played a factor into this. Maybe the Rockets ownership asked him to step down. I don't know. I'm not a huge, I don't love Daryl Morey, but I certainly don't hate him. It's going to be interesting where he goes from here, but the Rockets off season is definitely going to be interesting where they hire a GM and head coach. And I think we can all agree. They will probably have a center on their roster next year. No, you're right. And Morey, Morey was definitely at the center of some big, uh, controversy last year around this time last year absolutely uh with the whole nba china fiasco. Argue, sorry just one more point and many could argue oh, yeah, why the nba lost a lot of money this yeah season. um and so you know i i think this is i i really hope this wasn't about about that to be honest because if it is it's a year too late um oh, sure. and it would be really weird for them to kind of force his hand now uh, as opposed to before the season started, when they kind of took the stance where they were like, we're not doing anything. That almost makes them look worse. But either way, I do think it's, you know, he's, he's changed the game of basketball uh, in, uh, incredibly. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for, probably, probably hard for the Rockets to let him go uh, or to see him go. But, you know, th- this, this is a team with a lot of talent. Um, like you said, they were a game away from making the finals last year. Uh, they can do it again. Two years ago. Sorry, two years ago. That's what I meant. Um, not, not in the bubble yet. They, they could do it again. They can make the finals with the team that they have uh, if they just fix a few little things. And like you said, get a center. That was their biggest problem. Yeah, but one question before you guys go. One question I have is like, more heel, he did hand out a lot of big contracts, and especially because of a new GM and head coach, they don't want to play the way the Rockets play. It's it's hard to it's going to be hard to get rid of some guys. Like you can't, you're not going to be able to trade a guy like Eric Gordon. Um, who else? He's on got? a big extension, Jack. Yeah, I know exactly. That's that's my point. You know, he signed that a couple off seasons ago, right? It kicks in now, though, right? Yeah, I think he signed it last year, but it starts this season. Yeah, he has a big contract. Like, I don't know if anybody's going to want to. 
Because they say, you know what I mean? Like they have a lot of pieces worth a lot of money, but they may not fit really with what the new coach and GM are looking for. And maybe they may even want to, well, maybe they want to start like a rebuild around Harden. Well, well, apparently, although this is off topic, Lovis, there is a report that the Rockets could get uh, Jeff Van Gundy. Correct me if I'm mistaken. They're in on him. And, you know, and I'll tell you what about uh, Daryl Morey. It's weird because, you know, the guy's been around for a long time, of course. And it's a guy who's done a lot of these trades, especially you mentioned um, Harden Jack. And they've had teams with Harden and Chris Paul. That didn't work. Harden Westbrook. uh, That didn't work. So it's one of those moves, you know, kind of feels like he's a good GM, but maybe his time came to a close because just the, the team didn't work. It's the system didn't work. They just couldn't win with this team. They, they, the closest they've come is the Golden State Warriors game five uh, where Chris Paul got hurt. And many will argue, no, he got hurt in game five. He didn't play in game seven. No, I thought he got hurt in game six and then. No, he got hurt in game five. He got hurt in game five at the end and then he didn't play game six, seven. Some will argue, I'll even argue that the Rockets would have won if Chris Paul um, was healthy. But at the end of the day, I feel like it was just the move that, not that it had to happen, but it just the experiment failed. The the Rockets just couldn't get over the uh get over the hill. Yeah, I agree with you, Dean. I think it was it was sort of time. I would have given it one more year, honestly. I just I do think that Westbrook was hurt through most of the bubble, and then when he tried to come back, he wasn't hundred percent. He didn't look like himself in the Lakers series when they lost in round two. He didn't look like himself at the end of round one against Oklahoma City. So I would have given it another year just based off of that. But you're right. He was there a long time and they never got their championship. But I do think it's unfortunate for both Maury and Harden because Maury is so analytical and Harden thinks in the same realm as he does that they were a perfect match where Harden is such an analytically driven player in terms of the, the types of shots he shoots, the way he draws fouls, like all the things that Harden loves to do fits perfectly with what Maury is so enamored by. And I just don't think he's going to find another person on any team who fits his style like Harden did. So that's why I feel like it's almost a bad thing for both guys because they were a match made in heaven. And then you combine D'Antoni into that and it was the three of them just worked so well. But they did never win a championship. You could have argued 2018, but they never won their title. And I want to see where Maury goes because like I said, I don't think he'll find another person like Harden anywhere else, but he can, he can be close. I think there are other players who are at least similar to Harden and they can do most of what he does, even if it's not to the same extent and same level. So we're, we'll see where he ends up, but he is one of the elite general managers in sports. I think he's maybe the best in the NBA. And so I'm excited to see what his future, where his future lies, but he is awesome and Harden is awesome. And I'm afraid they'll never be able to recreate that magic that they made together for so many years. Okay. Hey, let's give predictions. Quickly. Where do you guys think he'll end up? Does anyone have a, an open role right now? Well, there are teams, because I think that if they brought Maury in, he would probably come in as team president, not GM. So he would actually oversee the general manager. So he could just get thrown into any front office, really, in a shakeup. Uh, I think one spot that would be perfect for him would be Minnesota. They just hired Harrison Rosas, who was, his, who was underneath Maury for years in Houston. And with D'Angelo Russell and Towns, that's not a very defensive-minded duo. They're going to have the number one pick. And I think if he goes there, he could turn them into an offensive juggernaut around those two guys and the number one pick, whoever it is. So that could be one spot. Not sure where else he'd go. Uh, There's not really that many openings right now, but I think Minnesota would be a good spot. And I think he may have to wait a little while for the right position to open up. Yeah, you know, I I, I agree. I think Minnesota seems like a pretty likely place for him. 
Uh, they have a really good young core, or not necessarily young, but they have a really good core. Um, some great players. Now they have the number one overall pick. So they they definitely should be in a place where they should be contending, but they're not right now. He might he might be the guy who can make it happen. Um, yeah, definitely. Minnesota is definitely a good option. Um, another option, another place, like, I don't know, I'm just saying based off like a, a team, I feel like it just use like a, needs a, like new fresh ideas, just needs like a complete reboot kind of, well, not, they don't need to reboot their roster, but they just need like a new guy. You know what I mean? Like, I like the, like maybe the Kings, like the Kings, they could, they could work something out there. They have some talent there. Maybe he can build around it. It just doesn't fit from an analytical perspective because they're too big. They have way too many, too many big yeah, guys. Yeah, like Buddy, Buddy Hale, Buddy Hale, De'Aaron Fox. You know what I mean? He has like yeah. two. He likes the guards, so they have right. two good ones. Dean, no, I, I was gonna say also as Jack, the Sacramento Kings. It, it was weird to make a prediction because, like, like Aiden said, you know what spots are there that are open, but I'm correct me if I'm mistaken. The Kings did uh, dismiss Vlade Divac. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, he was hard. Vlade Divac. Yeah, recently. And was there a thing now Joe Dumars? Kick, Joe Dumars and um, yeah, the other I, guy's name is blanking on me, but there's another person in there. I actually like Joe Dumars, so maybe not. Yeah, I think the Kings could definitely be a spot, especially for a young team. But we'll see if he can make moves in Sacramento. I'm so annoyed. He would have been a perfect fit with the Knicks, Jack. Builds around RJ Barrett, and he could have sure, brought in I'm some sure, other young I'm sure players. Messed, I'm, I'm sure it'd get messed up somehow. So, I mean, yeah, Leon Rose would yeah, you want to go really to the Knicks because. No players want to go to the Knicks. I wouldn't be surprised if no coaches or staff yeah. want to go Knicks to the Knicks either. Knicks can't get people to take their money. That's just how bad you know they exactly. are. Yeah, that's true. All right, so on to our last topic. We will talk for about eight, nine minutes about the NFL, specifically relating to Le'Veon Bell. He was a Jet for about a year and a half. He is no longer a Jet. He was cut this week. It was, an to- it was a total disaster from day one, and Mr. Adam Gase clearly did not mesh with this guy from the start. So Bell's a free agent. We'll see where he signs. We'll talk more about where he may go in a bit. But Jack, let me start with you. What happened with Gang Green and Mr. Bell? I'll tell you what happened. It's three words. Adam freaking Gase happened. We've seen this before. Anybody that doesn't fall under the Adam Gase culture or whatever that means whether it's Jarvis Landry, Jay Ajayi, Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, bye-bye, trade you for, trade you or release you for nothing. Absolutely nothing. And pretty much this whole thing when it happened, I was so excited when the Jets signed Bell. I thought it was going to be great. We got a young quarterback. This would be Sam Darnold's best friend. We just dump it. Sam Darnold, he's prone to turnovers. Instead of throwing it, trying to throw a, a, a ball down the field that could be risky just dump it off to just dump it off the bell who's right there i thought it was going to be good it didn't work out that way but also the whole thing was just a terrible thing because mike mccagden and adam gase they have two completely different um what's the word i'm looking for they philosophies yeah philosophies uh mike mccagden was always go out get the best players available and that's pretty much exactly what he did with uh Le'Veon bell and cj mosley who C- and cj mosley has also only played one game in two years how great is that looking? But anyway, and Adam Gase is kind of, I don't need a high paid running back. I can use three, I can use three guys. 
Yeah. No, I can use Frank Gore, a 37-year-old. Yeah, no, That's use, his philosophy. He can use, like, split carries. He doesn't need, like, a big guy like that. And also, Adam Gase, he just he's always, he hated Le'Veon Bell from the start. And you could just tell he refused to use him in any of the correct ways. Me and Noah talked about this on our live the other night. The one game that Adam Gase actually used Le'Veon Bell the correct way was against Oakland. And the Jets won 34-3. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Um, pretty much just Adam Gase is a failure. And for the rest of the season, I wish Le'Veon Bell the best of luck. I don't blame him. I still think he does, definitely has talent. And I hope he goes to a contender and he helps them win. And Adam Gase needs to be fired. And the Jets better start playing the Michael P. Ryan. This is definitely entirely on Adam Gase. Uh, imagine imagine yeah. if, like, three years ago, somebody told you that Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell were both going to be free agents in the middle of the season. Like, you would not have believed them. That is ridiculous to think about. Um, but the fact remains, Le'Veon Bell gets cut. I find it hard believing that they can't get a late round pick for him. Exactly. It, it is a big salary, but he's still a really, really good player. And they're even on the Jets, who have done everything they can to keep him from being a good player, um, he still had some flashes of vintage Le'Veon Bell, which shows that he's still there. It's not that he's, he's washed. It's not that he's not good anymore. It's that he hasn't been playing in a system that's been using him the way they want to use, or sorry, that's been using him the way he should be used. Yeah, Aiden, I completely agree with you. And I want to bring this up. I was thinking about this. I think I told this to Nella. It's like, how do they not get anything from him? You're telling me a guy, David Johnson is worth DeAndre Hopkins and Le'Veon Bell is worth nothing? Exactly. Le'Veon Bell behind a sorry Aiden, Le'Veon Bell behind a a very good team with a good supporting cast can do damage, and he still got it. But like you said, Jack, how does this man not? It's hard to believe that he can't get a late round pick. I understand the salary, but Le'Veon Bell is still a good player and definitely good to get so at least some value out of it or something, but not release the guy. Yeah, ridiculous. No, you're you're right, Dean. I'm just surprised, like you guys said, that, that nobody wanted him. But I think what's even more surprising is how awful his numbers were with the Jets. I mean, he never had a 20-yard rush in 17 games. It's just, it's mind-boggling. I, I understand that Bell didn't play great and that he's not the guy he once was. That's fine. That's, that's a whole other story. But to think that Adam Gase couldn't get one explosive play out of this guy in a year and a half, it's just shocking to me. It is absolutely shocking and is a total indictment on him. It's a total indictment on his ability to deal with high-talented ta- high star players. It's just... He doesn't work with guys like that. And the, the problem that I see is he's still, he's still the coach here. He's going to be the coach the rest of the season probably and hopefully not beyond that. But if he's the coach the rest of the season, he needs to figure out a way to get these less talented players like a Jeff Smith at receiver or a, a Braxton Berrios or a Michael Pirine. Get those guys involved and get them real reps so that maybe next year they could actually be a part of this team and, and be in the rotation of ball carriers and, and receivers. And it's like, if you can't get Bell involved, who is an all-time talented player, how are you supposed to figure out creative ways to get these less talented players involved? So he that's can't. where I think it's a, it's a really bad indictment on, on Gase. He, he's absolutely terrible. We know he that. Won't. But this is why I'm so afraid of him being the coach the rest of this year. If you can't get offensive production out of one of the best running backs in the league two years ago, how are you going to be getting offensive production out of anybody? The answer exactly. is simple. You can't. May I, in two years, no player on this team has gotten better. No t- player. Everybody has, has regressed better. under Adam Gates. Yes, nobody's Everybody. gotten better. The only argument you can make is Crowder because he's playing as a number one receiver. He never was that before. That's the only argument you can make, and it's just ridiculous. And I, part of me is just terrified 
that this guy, because he's at some reason, I wonder if he had something to do with this getting released. If he's still making personnel decisions, oh my God, I swear, if, if this guy is coaching this team next season, he, he probably will be. No, if, if he coaches the Jets next season, uh, then oh you get God. Trevor Lawrence. You're gonna let, all I hope for the rest of the season, and I literally I don't even care. Just I want Sam Darnold to get healthy, and you just got to make yourself look good so you can get a good draft pick because you know they're trading him, especially now they're getting rid of everything, and you're not gonna go into the quarterback's fourth season where his contract's coming up when you have nothing around him. So no. as of as of the time that we're recording this, it's about six o'clock on Thursday night. He's currently unsigned. By the time this episode goes up, he might be. But where do we think he's gonna sign? Right now, it's looking like. Uh, sorry, Dolphins or Chiefs? Chiefs. I think he's going to go to the Chiefs. I, I, I'm going to actually be the uh, outlier here. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. And I feel like the Miami, for some reason, I don't know why, but I could see Miami giving him some money and then him choosing to be there. Um, apparently, from what I heard, you know, he prefers Miami, but I think I'm going to go with Miami on this one. I would, I would agree with you on Miami. I think he's going to go to the Chiefs, but I think he should go to Miami because the Chiefs don't need him. The Chiefs have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and they're not going to need him next season. It doesn't make any sense. The Dolphins could Miami use a running back more. right now. The Gaskin is good, but now, not they, Bell. He should go win a Super Bowl. That's, that's my belief. Yeah, he should go win a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. What are you wasting your I time? Think he's gonna... He never won one in, 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 in Pittsburgh. He should try and win one now. Also, it's funny. The three teams he was choosing, the Dolphins, Chiefs, or Bills, those are the Jets' next three opponents. Yeah, we'll see how he does so again. Fu- it'll be fun to watch him destroy Adam Gase. Oh, for sure. All right, so that'll do it for us. I'm Noah Schwartz alongside Aiden, Jack, and Dean. Make sure you check us out every single Saturday, 1030 to 11 on VIC Radio Ithaca. It's a great time. You get to listen to us for a half an hour rant about sports and our awful teams. Thanks for listening, and we'll check you guys out next week.